everybody out there we are wagers ragers uh we are now in week 11 of the nfl season i'm your host joshua jt buckner coming to you from the great state of new jersey i'm in new jersey and of course joining me my partner in crime jonathan the hedgehog donith john how you doing well, JT, man, uh, can't believe we already made it to week 11. There were times when I did not think we would make it this far. So even though it's been definitely a weird year, I'm happy that we've gotten the football that we've gotten so far. And yeah, man, looking forward to another week of fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously everybody knows COVID cases are on the rise. Schools are closing. New York City closed their schools. But, you know, the NFL seems to be able to kind of keep it in, in check, keep it in control powering through so far so good we still hear every day of different players from different teams uh contracting the virus and just the other day the uh the giants kicker graham gano contracted the virus and a couple other players as well but you know the nfl seems to have a, a mechanism in place to power through so we'll see if we can make it to the end of the season through the playoffs and the super bowl in february so we're in week 11. Let's uh, quickly recap week 10. Uh, last week, I had the pleasure of not having to watch my team, the New York Jets, play. So they did not lose last week because they were on a bye. So I took two other games other than the Jet game, which didn't happen. And I had the Texans and the Browns and San Francisco and the Saints. So in the Browns game, I mean, Listen, the line was four at the time we did the podcast. It went down to, I think, three and a half by, by kickoff. And the Browns won by three points. But Nick Chubb broke open toward the end of the game, a little over a minute left, and stepped out of bounds at the one-yard line instead of running in the end zone. That would have uh, given me the cover because I took the Browns, given four points. And a lot of other people took the Browns as well because the Texans have been playing terribly this season. And so the Browns didn't cover, unfortunately. Uh, and I get why he, uh, he didn't score, because after he went out of bounds, the Texans had no more timeouts. They just kneeled on the ball, and the, and the Browns won 10-7. But, you know, it's a heartbreaking non-cover, but we'll see what happens this week. I only had one player prop, because at the time we did the pod last week, the, pod, the, uh, the player props really were not out on DraftKings. They were limited on, on FanDuel. I had Duke Johnson over 57 and a half rushing yards. He only had 54, so I didn't hit that, unfortunately. Um, I had better luck in the second game, which was San Francisco at New Orleans. I love the Saints in this game. San Francisco's been not playing well at all, and the Saints were laying nine and a half. And my magic Mendoza line of double digits, I didn't have to go there, although I, I would have covered if the Saints were fa favored by 10 or 11 or 12. Um, they actually won by 14 points. So they covered the nine and a half on my player props. I had a mixed bag. Uh, I loved Alvin Kamara rushing and receiving 97 and a half yards on DraftKings. He had 98, covered it by a half a yard. So I hit on that, hit on receptions over five and a half. He had eight, good value on that at plus 112. And, but my Michael Thomas props, they didn't work out. He didn't have over five and a half receptions or over 71 and a half receiving yards. So mixed bag. But, you know, that's gambling for you. That's gambling for you. So, John, how'd you do last week? 
A little bit of a down week last week uh, in more ways than one. Um, I had my Eagles coming off a bye, uh, playing against the New York Giants at an empty MetLife Stadium. And, man, that game did not go how I hoped that it would or how most Eagles fans hoped that it would. I think the Eagles were uh, giving up three and a half on the road to the Giants last week. Uh, The Eagles, like I said, were coming off a bye and had beaten the Cowboys the week prior but didn't look that great doing it. The hope was, or my hope was, that coming off a bye, getting a lot of players back from injury, the Eagles would show up against the Giants, a team they beat just a couple of weeks ago, uh, and sort of start to put together this playoff run in in the second half of the season. Uh, That is not what happened at all. The Eagles looked terrible in that game from beginning to end. They never turned it on. Carson Wentz looked bad again. The offensive line looked terrible. The play calling was absolute trash, and the Eagles lost 27-17. to My props did not go that great. The one that I hit, at least I hit it several times. That was Daniel Jones passing yards, uh, even though the number, which was 230 yards, uh, I think on FanDuel and 234, I think on DraftKings, even though that was above Daniel Jones's average for passing yards on the year, the Eagles passing defense has been terrible. And I saw Jones going over on that. So at a couple of different times, uh, I put some wagers in there, hit each one of those. Uh, however, I also looked at a same game parlay on FanDuel where I took Daniel Jones passing yards, the Eagles to win by between one and 13 points. And I think a Travis Fulgham touchdown only got one of those three legs. So that didn't hit. Although keep in mind, FanDuel is offering this same game parlay insurance, where if you place a same game parlay and you opt into the promo that up to $25, your bet is protected. So even if at least one of the legs doesn't hit, you'll still get $25 playing credit on FanDuel. So I didn't win that, but at least I had the insurance going there. The second game that I took was Baltimore-New England, which was the Sunday night game. The Ravens giving six and a half yards on the road. And I felt really good about this game. And based on the podcast and things that I listened to last week, I think a lot of the pundits out there agreed with me. Everybody was saying lay the six and a half, not just me. Uh, that didn't work out uh, at all. New England coming through with the victory in a, a game that, that especially the, the end of the game was marred by really bad weather. At the end of that game, you know, the players looked like they could barely see that it was raining so hard. The only prop that I hit in that game was uh, Lamar Jackson to throw an interception. There was pretty good odds uh, for one interception there. Didn't hit the Lamar Jackson rushing yards or anything else on that game. But again, weather definitely played a role. Had a couple of other hits during the weekend. Kamara combined rushing and receiving hit that. But other than that, so a bit of a down week, but still got some hits and looking for a, a big comeback this week. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, I, I, I think we spoke about this on uh, last week on the pod is that I didn't like the Eagles in this game and I really liked the Giants. And I took the Giants in this game and covered, of course, because they won. They were getting believe what four and a half points three and a half points something like that I also took Sanders rushing hit that Ward receiving hit that Jones rushing hit that so the giant eagle game for me was a was a good game and a good week and in your other game I took uh Cam Newton to score a touchdown hit that but uh I had Lamar Jackson to score a touchdown didn't hit that and I had him with uh 17 and a half completions and I didn't cover on that either but you know, overall, I think I had a, a pretty uh, pretty decent week last week overall. Uh, so now we move into week 11. And, uh, you know, this is where things start to really get tight with teams trying to jockey for playoff position. 
But I'm going to start off with uh, my team, New York Jets, back in action, coming off the bye. And they're playing the San, the uh, not San Diego, they're playing the LA Chargers away in Los Angeles. Jets are getting nine and a half points. The over-under is 46 and a half. So let's look at this game. I'm going to tell you that I think Justin Herbert's going to win Rookie of the Year this year. He came in after you know two or three games, and he has just taken the NFL by storm. He's the only quarterback in the Super Bowl era with only one win, but an over 100-point passer rating, which is insane. The guy has thrown uh, multiple touchdowns in six straight games, and if he throws another touchdown against the Jets, which he probably will, he'll be tied for fourth for fastest quarterback to 20 touchdowns ever. You know, here's how I look at this game. The Jets two weeks ago could have beaten New England. I'm glad they didn't because I really want them to go 0-16 so they can draft uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, but they actually played pretty decent and Joe Flacco was in at quarterback. He threw three touchdown passes against New England. And New England's had a bit of a resurgence. They beat the Ravens last week, which I think came as a surprise to a lot of people. Um, I don't think that Flacco is going to have the same kind of game that he had against New England, but I still think he's going to play pretty well because Sam Darnold's still out with the shoulder. And the Jets actually covered the point spread uh, two weeks ago against New England. So the line's nine and a half points. So let's look at a few stats here. You know, the Jets are terrible, right? I mean, they're 0-9. They're probably on their way to 0-16. They're only scoring 13.4 points a game. Their point differential is just... I mean, abysmal, minus 147, and their yard differential is insane at minus 1,230. The Chargers are putting up 25.1 points per game. The point differentials, you know, they're 2-7, and seven, so it's not going to be great, but it's only minus 19. The reason being is that every single game they've played this year, they've either won or lost by eight points or less. So I figure this is going to be a tight game again. I mean, that's just how the Chargers play. And with the Jets getting nine and a half points, I hate to say it, but I think I like the Jets in this game, at least against the spread. I don't think they're going to win because they, are, they did have to fly across the country. And I think the Chargers are a better team than their two and seven record show. You know, what's interesting is that the Jets waived two of their uh, cornerbacks this week. So they're starting a slew of rookies including three rookie cornerbacks. I still think the Jets are going to keep this close. I think uh, Flacco's going to have a decent game, uh, decent enough to keep the game close. For the second game in a row, he's got Crowder, he's got uh, Perryman, and he's got rookie Denzel Mims, all three playing their second game together in the receiving core. So they actually have a pretty, you know, decent, at least NFL caliber receiving core uh, for the Jets. And the Jets have uh, mixed in LaMichael Perrine back into, you know, getting more carries for the Jets two weeks ago. And, and Adam Gase has said he wants to get him more carries this week. So I can see him really being in the mix this week. One of my player props is going to be Perrine to have 68.5 rushing and receiving yards total. I know that Frank Gore is still the focus and he's still like the love child of Adam Gase. Um, but he said he's going to mix in Perrine. So I think that's what's going to happen this week. So I like the Jets in this game. I like them to, to uh, keep it close. That's how the Chargers play. So I like the Jets getting nine and a half points, but still lose the game. My three player props in this game, Justin Herbert, who's been on fire. And I think it's going to continue this week, especially with the rookie cornerbacks, over 277.5 
passing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. Second one is Frank Gore, again, the love child of Adam Gase, over 31.5 rushing yards, minus 112 on DraftKings. And lastly, I said it before, they're going to mix in Perrine, over 68.5 rushing and receiving yards, good value, plus 105 on DraftKings. John, thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I'm struggling to get the words together here because I, I feel like I must have misheard you that there's some crackling in my computer line here that you just took the jets and the points. Fire and brimstone coming down from the skies, rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. This is blasphemy. This is madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Goodness gracious. Cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. I did indeed. I did indeed. Well, I tell you what. I can't disagree with you here. Two reasons here. The Jets, believe it or not, uh, loyal listeners, showed a lot of fight last week. They really should have won the the last game they played against the the Patriots. They really should have won that game if not for uh, whether it was a poor play call or a poor decision by Flacco to throw a deep interception, they really could have won that game. Uh, that was actually two weeks ago. Excuse me. Um, so they've showed a little bit of fight here. Uh, Flacco, for what he is, is a better steward at this point, I think, than Darnold is. He's a veteran. He's, he's not terribly talented anymore. But he's, you know, he, he played well enough to throw three touchdowns in that game. Um, and the Chargers, man, they are – uh, an interesting team, an exciting young quarterback, but they have shown that they just have the worst luck of any team this year. Uh, as far as props go, uh, I really love the Frank Gore prop because Adam Gase absolutely loves Frank Gore. There was a story this week that uh, supposedly the Jets came out and said that they were going to be using P. Ryan uh, more often. I, when it really comes down to it, I, I don't know that I believe that. I think Frank Gore could definitely hit that 31-yard mark. Uh, I kind of like Hunter Henry at four and a half receptions. He's been been at exactly four receptions in each of his last four games, I think. And you get really good odds here at plus 140, so I like that. Justin Herbert rushing is right on the borderline here at about 20 and a half, and he's been right around that number last three weeks at minus 114. The last one I'm not going to take, but I think people need to keep an eye on this. I was looking for Denzel Mims catches or Denzel Mims receiving yards, and the best I got was, I think, on DraftKings at 46 and a half receiving yards still kind of a high number but man since he has come uh, back from injury I really like the way that kid looks I think he is a very talented receiver I think the Jets really have something there so I I might not take him this week but as the weeks go on I think I'm going to start looking at Mims receiving yards more and more yeah I mean look Justin Herbert he is beast I mean he's a big big dude he's a handful and if he can, you know, get on the outside, I mean, you know, here's the thing. The Jets don't really put a lot, whole lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. So he may have all day back there to throw and not really have to run. But he's a bruiser as a, as a QB. So, you know, I, I kind of like that, that over rushing yards for Herbert. Uh, so, John, talk to me about your Philadelphia Eagles and what they got going on this week. Because I got to tell you, I think at the end of the day, and I know the Giants are three and seven, but to me, they look like the best team in that division. I think the Eagles are in free fall, and I could see the Giants winning that division at seven and nine. Uh, so give me some good news on the Eagles, or you know, tell me what you think. Hey, hey, it gets worse from there. I think it absolutely gets worse from there. 
Uh, I, I'm this close to going full Navarro on, on the Eagles at this point. The only thing that's holding me back now is that, you know, that Super Bowl in 2018 has a lot of credit. And every time I get pissed off about the Eagles, I think about that. And I relax a little bit and say, ah, I just won the Super Bowl. I have it right on my, uh, right on my cable box over here. I can watch it again. But, man, it has been so frustrating this year. I mean, the last two years, the Eagles have dealt with injuries. They've had rough patches in the season. But Wentz has generally played well, even though he hasn't had a whole lot of talent around him. And they finished the season well in the last two years, made the playoffs, uh, won a playoff game two years ago. And, of course, Wentz got hurt in the playoffs last year, so they lost to Seattle. But that same, that same progression of events has not happened this year. The Eagles have gotten smashed by injuries, but combine that with the fact that uh, Peterson's play calling has been questionable at best, and Carson Wentz has really just had the worst year of his career this year for whatever reason, whether it's lack of talent around him, injuries to the offensive line, but even those things don't explain the, just the bizarre decisions that he's made at certain times. Uh, he's just not looked good. Just when I thought the Eagles had a chance to start to, you know, really take over a poor division and, and bring it home over the second half of the season. Like I said, a few minutes ago, last week, they just throw up a clunker against the Giants who definitely look better, who are definitely gelling a little bit, but the Giants are still not that good of a team. And it's not just the Giants, I don't think. The Washington football team, even though they've been beset by injuries and are playing with Alex Smith right now, who many thought might not even play football again after his last uh, horrific injury, uh, the Washington football team has been playing tough. And the Cowboys came out and played the Pittsburgh Steelers really tough their last time out. And now they're probably going to get Andy Dalton back, who's at least a competent quarterback. So it's not just the Giants the Eagles would have to worry about. And the, the Eagles have really just given Eagles fans no reason to believe in them and has given the betting community no real reason to believe in them. Which brings us to this week. The Eagles are on the road against the Cleveland Browns. The Eagles are getting two and a half on both DraftKings and, and FanDuel. Odds are a little bit better on DraftKings for the Eagles. I talked about what the Eagles did their last time out, and you talked about what Cleveland did the last time out against Houston. Uh, they beat Houston 10-7 to at home in, in a game marred by weather. We actually have weather being a factor in this game as well. But I tell you what, JT, I just at this point, I don't have any confidence – in my Eagles uh, this week. Still deep down within me, do I believe that they're going to pull out a few of these games and, you know, win to two, two to three more games for the rest of the year? Yeah, I probably think that's a, a strong possibility. I think if I had to bet money, I would say, yes, that's going to happen. But good luck finding out which games that they're going to be. I, I could not advise anybody to take the Eagles, even with two and a half points, on the road against the Cleveland team that's been really up and down this year. Against the spread, the Eagles are three and seven in their last ten. The Browns, you know, the numbers don't look good either. The Browns are 0-4 against the spread in their last four, but weather has played a factor in two of those games. And don't forget last week, they had that cover in the bag when Chubb broke away for that run at the end of the game, and he chose to go out of bounds instead of scoring. If he goes ahead and scores, they win the game and they cover. Uh, Cleveland, no Miles Garrett, but on the other side, the Eagles still have uh, Lane Johnson as being questionable. Uh, again, I, I hate to say it, I'm not going to bet, ever bet against my, my team, but if I had to give advice to someone, it would be take the Cleveland Browns, give the two and a half, and the better bet is that the Eagles don't wake up this week because they haven't shown any signs of it in the last month. I'm probably going to take the Browns in this game if I'm going to bet it. I'm probably going to stay away, although it's a little enticing because the line's only two and a half. I just think the Eagles are just, they're not a good team. And 
Uh, although the, the Browns have kind of been up and down, you know, two and a half points is not a lot to cover. It's less than a field goal. So I would take, I would definitely take Cleveland in this game. I don't know if you touched on player props or not. If you didn't, uh, why don't you give us a few? Yeah, there's a couple there. I mean, I think the, the biggest bright spot that, that we could have for the Eagles is Miles Sanders. Uh, combined rushing and receiving, I think, is the way to go with Miles. He has been one of the best rushers in the league. He's had some, some big breakaway runs. He was their lone bright spot, the Eagles' lone bright spot, last week. So I like Miles Sanders combined rushing receiving 83.5, which is only minus 113 on FanDuel. That would be the prop that I would take in this game. Yeah, so I got a couple, and I'm going to kind of – it's like deja vu, right? Last week I had Sanders rushing on his return to the Eagles – I'm going to hit that again. It's uh, Sanders, 65 and a half rushing yards, minus 122 on DraftKings. And, but the one prop with Sanders that I like the best is Sanders over 14 and a half rushing attempts. Pretty decent value at minus 114. But I'm going to go back to the well again with your boy, Greg Ward, over 33 and a half receiving yards, great value, plus 105 on DraftKings. Those are my props on the Eagles Cleveland game. Maybe uh, maybe we can win a, co- a little money on the on the player props at least and salvage something out of this out of this game. Yeah, absolutely. So listen, let's move on to game number two. I'm going to go with the Texans again this week. Last week I had Texans and Browns. I got uh, Pats, the Patriots at the Texans this week. Pats are laying two points. The over under is 48 and a half. So here's what I see with this game. And it's going to be essentially the same thing that I saw last week with the Browns game, except the line's only two. The line's not four. And last week, the Browns won by three. And if the Patriots win by three, they actually cover the two. The Patriots and the Browns are very, very similar teams. They both love to run the ball. And the Texans have the worst rushing defense probably Uh, If they keep this up, it will be the worst rushing defense in history. Currently, they are giving up 167.4 rushing yards per game, which if that maintains and that stays the same for the remaining games this season, it would be the worst in NFL history. Not Super Bowl era history, NFL history. The Browns, as I predicted, ran all over the Texans last week between Kareem Hunt and the return of Nick Chubb. It was a complete thrashing of their rush defense. And the Patriots, who are third in the NFL in in rushing yards per game, are rushing for 161.1 yards per game, which is the most the Patriots have rushed for in a season since 1983. Damian Harris seems like the real deal. He's had 100-plus rushing yards in three of uh, six games that he's played in. This season and last week he had a, or two. I'm sorry, last week against the Ravens he had 121 uh, rushing yards. Uh, the Texans defense is terrible. Again, they're on pace to finish last in rushing defense, and would be the first team to finish last in rushing defense and uh, opponent passer rating. So they're bad on both sides of the ball, whether it's their pass defense or whether it's their rush defense. Um, Cam, Cam Newton's not really lighting it up this season, but he did have a good game last week against the Ravens, which, you know, a lot of people didn't think the Patriots are going to win that game. Third in the NFL with nine rushing touchdowns this season, and I expect that to continue. The Pats lead the NFC with 301 rushing attempts. Again, they're a very rush-heavy team, and again, that's going to ha- be the, the, the theme this week against the Texans. 
So, look, uh, Deshaun uh, Watson's having a good season uh, from a passer perspective, but he's similar to Lamar Jackson that he likes to run the ball as well. And Lamar Jackson did not have a good game last week against the Patriots. He was under his normal rushing total, and I think Deshaun Watson's going to be the same thing this week. He's going to be under his rushing total. So I like the Patriots to get back to 500 this week and cover the two points. Uh, my player props this week, I got three. I got Cam Newton over 42 and a half rushing yards. Great value on DraftKings plus 101. Damian Harris to have a big game again on the ground. Uh, the over-under is 63 and a half rushing yards. Not great value at 167 on DraftKings, but I'm going to take it anyway. And then my last prop on this game is Damian Harris to score a touchdown. Uh, he seems to be their go-to running back this week. And if they're going to run the ball, I expect him to score. Great value at plus 165 on DraftKings. John, any thoughts on the uh, Patriots-Texans game this week? Yeah, I do. Um, there's one prop that I'm probably going to go uh, the other way on, but I don't really disagree with your analysis on it, and, and here's what I mean. I like Deshaun Watson rushing. On DraftKings, his rushing yard prop is 25 and a half yards, not a huge number at minus 112. It's true, Lamar Jackson did not run wild against the Patriots last week, but like I said earlier, the weather was pretty bad. Uh, Lamar Jackson rushing is really the Ravens' number one uh, weapon that they have, whereas, you know, Lamar Jackson is a, is a rushing quarterback who passes. Deshaun Watson is really a passing quarterback who also rushes. So I think he could hit that 25-and-a-half yard mark, and I'm going to take it. Uh, he's certainly been taking off. Last three weeks, his attempts are 7, 10, and 8. And in his last five games, Deshaun Watson is averaging 35 rushing yards a game. I've seen him do a couple of designed runs. So I think that while he might not go nuts for like 50 or 60 yards, I could easily see him hitting this 25 and a half. And I'm going to take it at minus 112 on draft. All right, good stuff. So John, who do you got in your second game? All right, second game, I think is one of the most interesting, interesting games of the week here. I've got the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. Atlanta Falcons are getting four points on the road on DraftKings at minus 110. That number goes down to three and a half on FanDuel at minus 105. This game actually opened, I think it opened, it was at, at plus five. Atlanta had it at plus five. Point spread is coming down, and I think most people that are listening know why. And that's because it was confirmed that Drew Brees is out. And not only is Drew Brees out, but the report anyway is that the start, that Sean Payton is giving the start at quarterback for the Saints to Taysom freaking Hill and not Jameis Winston, who actually came in last week in relief of the injured Breeze and threw for 63 yards in the win. Instead, the report this week, not only is, is that Taysom Hill gets the start, but that Jameis Winston was not involved in any of the starting offense, offensive packages this week in practice. So the report and the way people are, are thinking about this is that Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback for the Saints this week. Obviously, we don't know for sure what's going to happen. And Sean Payton could do, you know, anything from mixing it up at quarterback all game to giving Hill a shot and bringing Winston back in. But Sean Payton, as good of a coach as he is, and he's one of the best in the game, won a Super Bowl, deserves all the credit in the world. I think with this Taysom Hill thing, he's really gotten to the point where it's, uh, you know, he's got to prove he's the, he's the smartest man in the room type of thing. I know myself, along with a lot of other football fans, watch Saints games and have just, you know, roll their eyes every time Taysom Hill comes in and Drew Brees splits out at wide receiver or, or, or goes off the field. 
maybe Peyton was, you know, trying to preserve Breeze or, or whatever. Either way, I have a feeling that Sean Payton's ego might keep Taysom Hill in at starting quarterback for the Saints longer than he should. And I think that plays right into the Atlanta Falcons' hands because, I don't know, I don't think Taysom Hill is that good. In his career, he's 10 of 18 passing with no touchdowns and one interception. No thanks. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, while, you know, the idea might be or the view might be that, well, the Falcons really have had a bad year, and they have, they've really come on more of late. They're three and six after going winless in the, in the first month and a half of the season. They've got two wins in a row over Carolina and Denver and are now coming off a week 10 bye. They're getting a little bit healthier. They're getting Calvin Ridley back from his injury. Their only major injury update this week is that uh, Dante Fowler is going to be out because he's on the COVID list. Everybody else seems like they're playing here. Todd Gurley has an extra week. To, to rest. And I think, again, that plays all into the Falcons' hands. Yes, the Saints are on a six-game winning streak. Their last game was last week when they won 27-13 to 13 over San Francisco. However, I think Taysom Hill being a quarterback really hurts them. I think they're catching the Falcons at a bad time. Last year, the Saints and the Falcons split their series with each team winning on the road. And the last time Atlanta played in the Superdome, which is generally considered, you know, a place that you don't want to play, Falcons beat the Saints 26 to 9. The Saints, on the other hand, like I said before, the big news is that Drew Brees is out. Cornerback Marshawn Lattimore is also listed as questionable, so we don't know if he's going to play. I tell you, man, I'm taking Atlanta plus four on DraftKings. I'm also taking Atlanta on the money line at plus 170. Keep an eye on that because it was plus 190. So give me the Falcons in this game with the points, and also I like the money line with those odds. As far as some props, I got a couple here. I like on DraftKings, Brian Hill, the second string running back for the Falcons, at 19 and a half rushing yards, minus 106. Brian Hill's had over 19 and a half rushing yards in four out of his last five games. And the last Falcons game that I watched extensively, that was that uh, Panthers game from a couple of weeks ago on Thursday night. Uh, Todd Gurley got about a half of work. Brian Hill got about a half of work. It looks to me that what the Falcons are doing is they're trying to preserve Todd Gurley and his arthritic knees. So I see a lot of Brian Hill in this game. I think he could easily hit that 19 and a half uh, uh, rushing yards number. I also like Alvin Kamara. I hit his uh, combo rushing and receiving yards last week. I looked at it again this week. The weird thing is the rushing combo from, for Kamara that I found on FanDuel was 110 yards. However, if you just look at his splits separately, so his prop for rushing yards, that's 55 and a half, and then his receiving yards, 46 and a half, that's only 102. So I'd rather take those two separately, okay, rather than taking the combo. The yards on both are minus 110. The odds on the combo are worse at minus 112. So give me Kamara on FanDuel. Give me his rushing and give me his receiving. And if you can get that same game parlay insurance, that might be a great thing to do here where you bet, let's say you bet 25 bucks. Same game parlay, Kamara to hit 55 and a half rushing, 46 and a half receiving. And if he misses either one of those, it's basically a free bet for you. Um, along the same thinking, I like Latavius Murray on DraftKings, 36 and a half rushing yards at minus 112. And again, my thinking 
in connection with both Kamara and Murray is that both of those running backs might get a lot of work in this game if Peyton is really going to go with Hill at quarterback. And even if he brings Winston in with no breeze, I think they're going to throw a lot less, which means a lot more rushing. Atlanta hasn't been terrible. They're about ninth in the league as far as rushing defense goes. But I think Murray and Kamara could easily hit those rushing numbers. Last one I was thinking about was Matt Ryan, 23 completions. Uh, I think Atlanta comes out attacking here, so I sort of like that one too. Um, so that's it. That's what I got. I like the Falcons on the road with the points. I like the Falcons' money line. Brian Hill rushing. Kamara rushing and receiving. Murray rushing. And also Matt Ryan, 23 completions. Yeah, so this was a game that I was looking at to, to potentially take this week, but I, I shied away from it because I honestly don't know what to make of uh, Taysom Hill. You know, I know he's had some good games as being like this sort of hybrid player, uh, splitting out his receiver, rushing the ball, dropping back and throwing the ball either on a pitch play or, or you know, straight quarterback drop back. So, but I don't know how he's going to play this week. And so I'm going to probably stay away from it. Although I would probably lean Atlanta only because they seem to be more stable with Matt Ryan back there as quarterback. A full complement of receivers this week. So I would probably lean Atlanta, but I would, I'm going to probably stay away from this game because I, I don't honestly know what's going to happen with, um, with Hill at quarterback for the Saints. A couple of, uh, of player props that I like. I, like, I, like, I really like the Camara rushing yards um, prop. I was looking at his receiving yards, and they're not, it's not terribly high. But I just don't know what Taysom Hill is going to do. I mean, he's, he may throw the ball out of the backfield and hit Camara for – a bunch of short passes. My concern is that I don't know what to make of him as a quarterback. So I think he's going to hand the ball off a lot. Kamara's rushing yard total on DraftKings only 58 and a half. So I like that. And I like Calvin Ridley, who also seems to be a favorite of Matt Ryan to go over 59 and a half receiving yards, especially if Lattimore is not playing because he would probably ordinarily be matched up on Julio Jones anyway. 59 and a half Receiving yards, is, I don't think that's a significant number of yards, especially for Calvin Ridley, who's had a, a really good career as short as it is um, coming out of Alabama. The last prop that I like is I'm going to, you know, even though I don't know what to make of Taysom Hill, I'm going to go on a flyer here because it's good value at plus 150. Taysom Hill to score a touchdown. Uh, he likes to run the ball. So that's my flyer. Uh, prop on this game. Any other thoughts on this game, John? Only that I'm very interested in it. Uh, there's so many weird things going on here. You know, when Breeze went out last week and Winston came in in relief, you know, I think a lot of people were sort of excited. You know, it, it stinks that Breeze got hurt, but Winston, as up and down as he is, showed at least last year that he has the ability to throw for a lot of yards and a lot of points and support multiple high-end receivers. So I was interested to see how that was going to go with, you know, Michael Thomas, Trey Con Traquan Smith, and everybody else. Oddly enough, it, it appears anyway that Peyton's going to go with Hill. You know, again, none of us know exactly what's going to happen. That could totally change when we actually get to the game. But with Hill in, I mean, I don't, is it just going to be gadget play after gadget play? It's a huge, huge question mark. So, again, I agree. I see him handing the ball off. Uh, but, yeah, I also see him maybe with a bunch of dump-offs here, too. So, you know, I'm very, very, very interested to see how it goes. All right. So before we move into, you know, the last portion of our podcast with the our tracks of the week, I'm just going to give you one college football nugget. You know, had we recorded this podcast, you know, this morning before the college games started, I would have told you, pound Indiana against Ohio State. They were getting 21 points. Listen, our Scarlet Knights – 
put up a fight against Ohio State two weeks ago, even though they laid an egg last week against Illinois and blew that game and they should have won. Indiana's a good team. They're ranked ninth in the country. And getting 21 points, I think it was way too much. Indiana only lost to Ohio State by seven points today, so I hit on that. But here's my college football nugget for you guys. I'm taking the late game. Hawaii and Boise State. Boise State has not scored less than 42 points this season in their four games. Hawaii has not scored less than 31 points in their four games this season. The over-under is 55. Hawaii's always putting up lots of points in their games and giving up points. So I'm taking the over, over 55 points, Hawaii, Boise State. That's my college football nugget for you guys out there. Sounds like a tasty nugget. I think I'm going to hop in on that with you. There you go. Hop on it. It's the late game. You'll wake up tomorrow morning with money in your account. So track of the week. I'm going to jump off the trance train. I'm going to jump on the deep house train. And I'm going to go back six years to my favorite deep house DJ, who is EDX. I, I went back. I looked at my archives. I've been playing in my car on my way to work on my way home. You Make Me Feel Good, EDX 2014, just a solid, crisp, uh, deep house track. He is one of the founding members of the Helvetic Nerds, Dinka, and a whole bunch of other artists on his label. It's a great track, cool to groove to. So that's my track of the week. Listen, I, I'm never going to disagree with you when your track of the week is EDX. I, you know, I absolutely love EDX's Tropical House vibes. He's one of the masters, if not the master at that genre. He's fantastic. And I'm going to go with an artist from Norway called Starmist and a song that came out last year called The Signal, Glitch Matrix remix of that song. It is a, you know, house to tech house kind of track, which has a very, you know, relaxed, sort of almost mysterious vibe with a very cool female vocal sample. So, you know, check it out. I think you'll like it. All right, good stuff. So, everybody out there, hopefully you you know, listen, you don't have to take our advice on every single pick we have, but I think we give you all some really sage advice out there. So as we leave you to head into week 11, may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. This is week 11, Wagers Ragers, and we are out. Bang. <laughs> <laughs>